As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Saturday night, this is the Civilized Barking Post game. We've been going live, Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd. Um, this is the formal intro. We'll keep talking. Give a minute, give some people in. Look, it's Saturday night. I hope you got something better to do. If you don't, we're thrilled and humbled that you hang out with us. So uh, we're both in the stadium. I'm up in one of the, I think it's the visiting radio booth. It's still snowing a little bit. They're down there working on the field. I'm in a suite and I found a burger. So if you hear me chewing, that's why. <laughs> Yay, whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes. So, um, look, it's not ever going to be pretty against the Ravens, or at least on, on rare occasions. It's going to be a brawl. These teams know each other well. You add the elements. You add a backup quarterback for the Ravens and the Browns, you know, being disjointed on offense for various reasons. So I didn't really think 16 total points, one total touchdown, right? But – you know, I thought the Browns gutted it out. I thought a bunch of things didn't go their way. They still found a way to win. And it wasn't just credit to the defense, although the defense is obviously huge when you hold a team to three, Jason. You know, the offensive line hung in there, not the greatest of starts. Uh, Watson's still a little erratic, still some things you're like, what's he doing? But he used his legs. Uh, they mixed in some no huddle. You know, I think the coaches are more confident and vice versa. And really, you know, what are the Browns playing for? Well, we know they have a quit, right? Um because, like I said, it wasn't just showing up and battling this team in, in this circumstance. It was the number of things, you know, the Ravens could have taken advantage of the game or could have finished the drive or could have done differently. And I thought in some cases they were their own worst enemy, but really a ton of credit to the Browns for, for a gutty. Jason, are you there? Did you miss me? Yeah. I, I don't know what happened. but Okay. Yeah, no, I, I was just kind of summing up my thoughts and throwing it to you, so. Uh, well, I didn't hear anything you said, but here's what I think. Uh, tonight showed me that this team has not quit on Kevin Stefanski. And I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case or not. But the way they came out here and competed and fought, uh, these guys hold the fate of the coaches in their hands and they know it. If they want everybody gone, they're going to roll over and die in December and everybody will be gone. And that didn't happen. And, and that tells me that uh, for as much as gone wrong this year and as bad as last week was, and I think last week was really bad, 
we've seen it earlier. Miami was really, really bad, and they came back and they responded. Last week was pretty pitiful for a number of reasons, and they came back and they responded. Why are they so inconsistent and erratic? I don't know. I think it's an immature team, but they they answered the bell today. And, yeah, Baltimore was without Lamar Jackson. That makes a huge difference. But this defense fought and competed, and it's a defense that uh, we've been writing about for weeks. I've been writing about for weeks. Seems unhappy with the schemes that they're put in. There's a lot of distrust, it feels like, from week to week. But today they put all that aside and they played incredibly well. And it showed. And hats off to them for a big win that really screws Baltimore. Baltimore's in trouble. Yeah. So it is a talented defense, right? It's been a wildly inconsistent defense. And there's been times where both the pass and run defense. But turnovers is where you make your hay in this league. It makes life a lot easier, right? It gets you to your blueprint of running in the fourth quarter, of unleashing miles in the fourth quarter. They did that. Um, they turned Huntley into a drop back passer. I think the Ravens helped with that a little bit, but even before the fourth quarter, the Browns were going to live with Tyler Huntley dropping back and throwing seven yard passes. Mark Andrews, not much of a factor. Deshaun Jackson, not running through the secondary like he's done at this stadium before, right? The Ravens ran for 200 yards and we've sat there and said, why aren't they trying to run for 400? But the Browns gave up three points and Denzel makes a big time play there. Uh, you know, the missed field goals and the sloppiness, the Browns getting the second fumble, the second turnover on the fumble and not scoring. That's bad football, but good defense made up for it. Uh, the Browns offensive line is not the powerhouse. It was two years ago. They're on their fourth center. Teller looks like he's playing on one leg. I don't know what's happening with the tackles. The Browns offensive line had a rough start to this game, played well. Nick Chubb got to 99. He'd have got over a hundred if they needed plays at the end. You know, Watson's still here and there with the passes and the reads and the comfort level. It's quite obvious. They used him as a runner. It worked, right? So I totally agree that this team showed it hadn't quit. And this team, you know, just flat out made – the def- both defenses were really good tonight. The Browns was a little better. The Browns flat out made more plays in in a game that was probably even uglier than, than you could have anticipated it being. You know, let's spend one second on a play that you and I both sort of groaned at that may have really had a huge turning point in this game. Baltimore's moving it down the field. And they throw it, inexplicably throw it on first down after um, after having a ton of success on the ground. The play's a disaster. They're now behind the chains. And the and on third down, they wind up throwing the interception. They, they were going for seven if they keep it on the ground. Right. It, it just felt like that changed the entire complexion of the game. And it was just it one simple first down play. But, boy, did that stand out to me. It did. And it got them to third down where the Browns jumped off sides. They had a free play. They held. They negated it. Right. And then the yep. next play, it sorts out, and Ward picks it off. So, yeah, um, you know, the Browns needed a punt tonight. Borquez sticks them at the eight-yard line. It's things like that, Jason, that just been missing all year. Those connecting plays where the other team screws up or the Browns go special teams to offense, offense to defense. You know what? And they just they haven't had it for much of the year, and they have had it. Um, this is a defense that's had the Ravens' number, and, and tonight they did. Now, it's not, you know, what you expect it to be. You don't have to defend every blade like you do against Lamar Jackson, but, you know, that doesn't matter right now. You need to force turnovers, right? You need to play good red zone defense, and you need to to, to put them away when you had the chance, and the Browns did it. Um, I just scrolled the comments. I want to get to this here because we talked about this throughout the game. Doug S. says, analytics decisions lose again. Harbaugh blew it on the road, not taking points first drive. Doug, I'm going to take you – I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Um, 
Yeah, we talked about this in time, in real time. Yes. So a story of the game is the Ravens don't get it on fourth down. The Browns do get theirs with with, uh, Chubb. And then Brissett, I think, was a third down. But anyway, you know, those are huge plays. But I don't think Harbaugh has any regrets about that. It's early in the game. It's zero to zero. Yes, you have to get it. And credit to the Browns defense for not allowing him to get it. But even in a game you think 13 or 16 or 17 is going to win, if you don't get it, you pin them deep. You know, credit to the Browns defense there. And then the offense puts together 14 plays. They, they end up settling for three. But, you know, you got to trust your defense. you got to trust that connectivity. you got to go for it. A 3 nothing lead midway through the first quarter really doesn't mean a lot. And I don't think Harbaugh has any regret. And I certainly didn't, didn't fault him there. Thought it's the right thing to do. Do I like Patrick Ricard getting the ball there? If I'm betting on the Ravens, no. But credit to the Browns D, like I said, really, really good almost the whole night. And, you know, one of the few games all year where the big swing moments, Jason, all seem to go to the Browns. They all favor Cleveland. You're right. John Johnson, the big stick on that play. I noticed he was the first one, met him in the hole and really stood him up and, and prevented that. Yeah, I go back and forth on that because I think what I told you even before they ran the play was – the Browns are have obviously struggled to score points for two weeks now with Deshaun. It's not going to take a lot of points to win. Just take the points, take the three nothing. But I, in the end, I think I agree with you only because it's fourth and one from the seven. And if you're Baltimore, you ought to be able to get one yard against a rushing defense. that has been this bad all year long. So you like your odds of being able to convert there. And then if you get a first and goal, you're more than likely going to get six out of it. So I, I think it's, I think it's close, but I do lean toward, going for it because at fourth and two and I probably kick but fourth yeah. and one given where they are go ahead and go for it yeah so one thing I always do guys and I've talked about this before in various platforms when we get in the locker room after the game win or lose I like to talk to the offensive linemen you know they obviously here they're it's one of the groups where the guys have been around and I have a little bit of rapport with, with them but you know they're in a war every game um, they see the game you know, from the trenches, they know every play call, what it's supposed to be versus how it turns out. Right. Um, they get input with the quarterback and the coaches if, if they feel like they're getting it. And I just think, you know, in a moment of honesty, after they've been a three hour war, you get a lot of good answers. So I went, uh, Teller did an interview. He was funny, you know, turned into a group interview. I talked to James Hudson because he got in for a couple plays as the extra tackle. Marcus Peters ripped his helmet off and tried to headbutt him. Uh, when he didn't have his helmet on, and James was not too pleased about that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen James Hudson. I, I would not hit, want him mad at me. This is a really large human. But I talked to Joel, and I said, after I asked him a couple of other questions, I said something to the effect of, Joel, is there anything to be said here of what we talked about, Jason, of, you know, you guys aren't going to the playoffs, but th- this was a fight, and you stuck with it. And he said, you know, I don't know. He said, I don't think we have quitters on this team. But he said, Coach Stefanski has been really honest about where we are, right? And we have to play for personal pride and for showing that we can do this, for getting out there. And, and you know, it's not going to be perfect breaking in a new quarterback in December. It's not going to be perfect playing in 20-degree weather against the Baltimore Ravens. But he basically said, yeah, you know, let's let, here's where we are. And it, was, it, well, it could have gone the other way three or four times a day, and it didn't. And I think the Browns deserve credit. I, I think just all the time, you know, when you, you're having a losing season, you go to these games, Jason, you see the people who work for the team, you see the players, you see the relief. And sometimes we roll our eyes and say, Jesus, this team stinks. They're not going to the playoffs, right? But the work that gets put in and the how long this season is and how much is on these guys to win a game like this, they deserve to be happy. They deserve to have a couple of days off. And, um, 
you know, th- th- they've earned it. They-, they earned every minute of this, every ounce of this tonight. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about Cade York. Uh, <laughs> Cade was not in a very good mood tonight, as, <laughs> as you can imagine, after the day that he had. And I, I thought because they, because they both missed, because Tucker and Cade both missed from basically the same spot, both shanked it left, I thought the field was possibly soft in that area. It makes perfect sense, and it looked like his plant foot slipped a little bit. But Cade insisted that wasn't the case. His foot didn't slip. He's just got to make kicks. And uh, I'm not, I'm still going to die on this hill and say I'm not worried about the kicker. I think it's a rookie going through typical rookie struggles of trying to figure out this wind in this stadium. But I'm starting to get a little concerned, Zach. I'm starting <laughs> to get a little concerned about the kicker. Well, I, I think it's a little silly of you to say I'm not concerned. Um, I think you could say, look, he's, he's a talented guy. I said and I'm a little concerned. He's got to go through this. Yeah, look, the, he, I don't know a ton about kicking. I mean, he hit the he the first one he missed is just awful. It, it it felt like it never came off his foot, right? It was a shank. It was a golf shank, yeah. a and baseball that's what shank. I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. And for Tucker to do the same thing, you would think it's field conditions. Yeah, the next one he missed. just missed. Uh, the the funniest thing <laughs> after the game, someone asked John Johnson, "Hey, what kind of odds do you think you would have got on Tucker missing two field goals?" And John said, Coach Priest told us, look, the only way this guy's going to miss is if we block it. And he missed one and we blocked one. <laughs> so yep. credit to the Browns special teams. They have played better. I saw a question in the chat. You know, do I think Stefanski wants to keep Priest or is going to? I don't know what's going to happen here in three weeks. I think Stefanski wants to. I think he's kind of made that not clear, but I think he's kind of hinted towards that. And so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um I've been a big believer in that there's a lot at stake here. Look, if Kate York doesn't make kicks the last three weeks, the Browns have to look in the offseason at getting a new kicker. Yes, that's that's true. Um, the Browns have a lot of positions that they flat out need to reevaluate and admit some mistakes, right, and, and decide what they're going to do. Um, this is a team that's very much in the middle. Their results show that. Their advanced metrics show that. Their record shows that. But this is a team that's in. It's supposed to be better than it is, right? It's supposed to be winning these games and, and winning lots of games. So we'll see. This is not a team that's going to trade guys and get first-round draft picks and say we, we're going to be back in two years. This is a team that needs to be right up there in the standings next year with the Ravens and the Bengals or everybody's going to get fired. Just flat out, that's how it is. So, yeah, Cade York needs to be a part of that because this team needs him. Uh, if the Ravens were just a little bit better tonight, then those are huge missed kicks. As it is, yeah. it's like 
it's it's more than a footnote because there was two of them and they're so bad. But it's like okay, the Browns won. They only gave up three points. So, right, right. Yeah. You you touched on something that is I think incredibly aggravating, certainly to fans, and I think even inside the locker room. Why does it take half the season? And this is why I think Joe Woods is probably gone regardless. This is two years in a row where it's taken half the season or more for this defense to figure itself out. You 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 can't do that. You can't wait until November and December to start playing well on one side of the football and expect to have success. We saw it last year where they were absolutely awful for half the year. The Patriots pulled their pants down, and then they sort of figured it out over the second half of the season. And it's taken even longer than that this year for them to start playing better. I don't understand it. You could say the same about the special teams. You just said it. The special teams have been a little better the last few weeks. But the, but the, the horses are out of the barn. The damage is done. And, and that's why I think sort of the, the fate has been sealed on some of these guys, just because I, I guess more de- defense than, than special teams. But there's two years in a row that it's just been not at an acceptable level for half the season or more. I, I, I don't have a good explanation for it, but I, I know it's frustrating to fans. And I think it's frustrating inside that locker room, too. No, no doubt. Um, it, it is. It, I think Joe Woods is not going to be back. I think the defensive staff is mostly not going to be back. And who and what, right. I don't know. You know, right. a lot of that will be up to the new coordinator and, and who they can get. But, yeah, they flat out have dominated the Ravens. Um, both games last year were late in the season. You know, we've seen it when it's put together. We've seen what, what it's supposed to look like. And that's Denzel Ward making big plays. Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett making big plays. The guys you pay the money making the big plays. You know, we see Grant Delpit when stuff's in front of him. This is a big, fast dude. It runs down and makes physical plays. Um, gets lost in space sometimes, right? When John Johnson shows up and plays, this defense looks good. It is maddening, Jason. Um, and last, I like how you frame it because last year that made it easier to say, okay, well, the quarterback stinks. This offense flatlined, and and the Browns fancy themselves as a contender, right? Because they, if the defense, the way the defense played from November fifteenth on last year was really good. Was it top five? I don't know. That's debatable. It was top ten. It was consistently giving them chances to win, and the offense just spiraled down on multiple fronts. So, you know, the evaluation here is: you have your quarterback, your pot committed to him. He is getting a little bit better. They're not scoring touchdowns, but guys are are making progress. Um, Dale and Baldwin came in off the practice squad and played today. They, they, Njoku only had three catches, but they tried to feed him eight or nine times today. Peoples Jones scores the touchdown, a nice little wrinkle lines up in the backfield. There's offensive growth here. Again, this team right now is not a contender and this team has got to fix some things, get its offensive line back, um, get better personnel on the front seven on defense, you know, and obviously get the quarterback a ton more comfortable. But, yeah, I think two fair ways to look at this, Jason, tonight and over the next week are, okay, hey, that that was a fight, and the Browns found a way to win it. That's good. It beats the hell out of losing. And, like, where, where has this defense been all year? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. 
Uh, you mentioned the quarterback. Let's spend a minute on Deshaun, and then uh, we can turn over the queue if you want. But curious what you thought of Deshaun. Actually, the play that stood out to me, early fourth quarter, he drops back. Ravens send a little bit of a blitz. They get some pressure on him, and he instantly steps up and takes off. And it was, I don't know if he felt the pressure coming or if it, it, it looked he looked very natural. Drop back. It's not there. The middle's open. Boom, go. And he ran for, I think, 14. That – Actually, was that and the rollout right when I said to you, boy, he looked really comfortable. I forget who he completed it to, but he rolled right in rhythm, drilled a drilled a, a, a bullet pass. Those were the two instances where I felt he looked fairly normal and natural and, and in rhythm. But for the most part, I mean, would I say that his average depth of target was in the first half, three and a half yards? Three and a half like, yards, yeah. They're keeping this very, very simple and elementary. Yeah. No, and I think that's why they mixed in some no huddle. Um, I think Deshaun is a little comfortable with it. And you're, you, you know, when you go no huddle, you're you're limiting what you can do, right? You don't get in, you, you don't get to the whole playbook. But they're saying we have this anyway. And I thought he was big with his feet, and but the, the play in particular, that's early in the fourth quarter, but a couple times in the first half, you know, they ran a zone read, but I think it was always the quarterback keeping it. He needs to do that. So yeah, every time he plays, he should get better with his receivers he should get better with his internal body clock and he should get better with Stefanski in terms of communication what works what can't work how deep can we go on this right and so there is growth there and when you when you win two out of the three you know and and I think tonight the numbers weren't were certainly not great and one touchdown sticks out but but they did it and and he is he's growing and that's what this is about the end of this season is about the Sean Watson being ready to play at a high level um, from game one next year and this offense, you know, continuing to bring along the guys that it did and then really diagnosing, you know, where they can get better and, and how good they can be. So let's hit the cue here. Um, guys, be quick. I got to write and it's Saturday night. So Doug, you're up. Doug, welcome to the show. Zach and Jason, your work's exquisite. Jimmy got to this coaching staff. I think D Podesta's on the ropes. Analytics on the road. You cannot, you got to take points. I mean, that's what analytics is. You look at data, you look at it again and again and again. It is, it's the truth. You take the points every time. If this team would have, if this coaching staff would have, if Freddie would have coached like this against the Jets, Atlanta, LAC, I don't know why we think anything is going to be different. He, well, he, he was different this time. Yeah. Because you know okay. Cook, Cook and De, De Podesta didn't get into his play sheet. That's why. So when you look at Kevin Stefanski's track record, you can say take the points on the road. And, and I understand philosophy there. I don't think Harbaugh has any regrets about that. There's still three and a half quarters after that moment. You know, we'll see. Um, the Browns are it's a different game. organization, right? It's not going away. You know, I, I don't know who's going to be here, whatever. It's not going away. They're going to do things this way. Right now, the results speak for themselves. They're they're not a contender. Are they close if Deshaun keeps getting better? If they can fix a couple things on defense? Yes. And this is going to be, and this has been part of the argument, continuity. Year three, the Browns are supposed to be better in a lot of these areas than they've been. So now you see the defense putting more consistent performances together. Now you see the special teams two or three times in three, four weeks now you know, making the plays rather than, than, the, than the awful plays. So, um, again, at this moment, six and eight, 
the Browns feel good. They won tonight. Doug, thanks for, for being with us, and, and we'll certainly have this covered. John T., John T., thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yeah, just a question for you guys. Just, you know, kind of – you guys have more insight into the team than obviously the fans do. But for me, um, do you guys think that Stefanski is a good leader? And what I mean by that is, you know, organizational leadership, leader of coaches. You know, does he, can he, does he have an ability to motivate the players, sorry, to get them to play at 110%? It, it, you know, player development. Because when I look at him and I compare him to, like, let's say a Shanahan, he feels like a, a poor man's version of Shanahan. Jason, you want to take this one? I think um, this has come up a lot in recent weeks. He's never going to be fire and brimstone guy, right? So if, 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 John, if that's what you're looking for and if that's what everyone else is looking for, well, keep looking. He's not Mike Tomlin on the sideline. He's never going to be. But I think he commands the respect of the players in the locker room. And I think, I think it's evident tonight. Like, I think he has their attention. I think he has the respect. And, 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 you know, I mean, Zach and I have both heard things as the year goes on and that are just mind blowing that, you know, you hear, you, you think you're true, but you not don't have totally confirmed. There've been mistakes that have been made. There's been sloppy sloppiness that's gone on that I think is, um, that that I wouldn't expect to see out of a Kevin Stefanski team because I think he is incredibly smart. I think he's incredibly organized. I think he's, I think he looks at the details. I think he's very detail oriented. But you look at a game like tonight, and that's what I opened with. Like the fact that they play, came out and played like this when the playoffs were pretty much off the table, and they still competed like this tells me he still has the locker room. Because if he didn't, they could roll over in December and make life really uncomfortable for ownership, and they didn't do that. Yeah, I, I think people in the organization like and trust Kevin. You know, I think Kevin is looked at as a genuine person who cares about the people that work for him. I think he takes the time to make sure his message is getting delivered. He is a super smart guy. Um, you know, not being in there, getting our, our little glimpses and certainly not having many glimpses at all over the last two years. I don't want to go too far on that um, and say something that's not fair to Kevin or whatever. I would have concerns about Kevin's ability to reach the team all the time, right? I just think the nature of today's player and the personalities on this team, I think sometimes boring doesn't win or boring doesn't catch their attention. I well, look at Miami. Like, they, they quit in Miami. That was yeah. awful. Yeah, and if, I, and if I wanted to, you know, really go deeper on that, I would point to a lot of the inconsistencies, you know, with, with this team. Like, hey, we've, we've seen the talent. We've seen this defense work. We, we've seen what happens when guys have great games. And nobody has 17 great games. Nobody has 17 great game plans or the ball bounced their way or all that, right? So um, I think that's all that a work in progress. You know, part of the reason I've been so hard on Kevin, the Miami game is a big part of it. But Kevin told us on and off the record, I'm excited to have a regular, a normal offseason. We're going to grow from this, you know? Other people in the organization said, we're strong enough to get through this Watson thing. We trust in what we have. You know, it's been a shit show. It's been a shit show for 23 years, but it's been a shit show for the last nine months, right? So we need to see it. Um, you guys and us, too, for the most part, can only go by what you see on Sundays, right? And we've seen a team that hasn't been very good. Tonight we saw a team that was far from perfect, but was certainly good enough in most areas and, and looked connected. Looked like it was playing for each other and playing for their coach and playing like they were hungry and, and belonged 
playing with anybody. We, the Ravens obviously have some flaws, and the offense stinks when Tyler Huntley's running it, but the Ravens are the Ravens. They've been a gold standard organization for a long time. They're nine wins. They hadn't trailed by more than a touchdown all year until tonight, right? So this is a good win. This is a good win, um, even with a couple style points. So, look, I don't think they were ever firing Kevin Stefanski. I don't think they are. Um, I have concerns about letting these guys run another offseason, and I have concerns about this roster getting to the next level. But they are going to get an offseason. Kevin's going to have to fire coaches. Kevin's going to have to make some decisions, and he's going to have to embrace being on the hot seat, being in the spotlight. Because um, they're 3-6 and six next year. They're all getting fired at midseason. That's just how it's going to be, yep. <laughs> right? Like, there's yep. no running from that. So we will see how that goes. Guys, thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, I don't want to go too deep on the Cade York questions because I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm I'm stunned, not that he's been imperfect, but but by that he's been this bad. Can a new special teams coordinator fix it? Does he just need to get these out of his system? I don't, he's a super talented dude, and I like to pick. And I've seen the talent. Like, this is rare talent. But he's clearly not even close to right right now, and that's a concern. So tonight the Browns win. For a week the Browns celebrate. The players get off till Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening. We got reading to do, or writing to do. You guys got to read it in the morning. Thanks, everybody.